find the right help. Like the most important thing is I think to scale back your expenses, invest in the right help. Yeah. Whether it's a business coach, social media help, um, talk therapy, psychiatrist, I mean, whatever it is, personal therapy, personal therapist, personal trainer, um, get multiple ways of help with your relationship, your personal relationship, your child, get a nanny and get help in the areas to be able to focus on what you need to address. Inspires Beauty Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Burgio. We are so glad you're here today. I have a new client friend of mine in the chair with us today, and she is a salon owner. She is a hairdresser. She is a mama, and she's a lot of really amazing things. But more importantly, we met recently, again, kind of through long story short, um, in the coaching aspect now. So she has hired me to help her with her business and to work on all the things. So we're going to give you guys a little insight as to how she got there and how she decided she was ready to hire somebody to help her in her business. Um, but we've shared so many fun stories. We were trying to discuss like what we wanted to bring to share with you guys. And, you know, Courtney brought up some stuff about how, you know, we're pivoting in the salon and what that kind of looks like right now. So welcome to the show. Thank you Thank for you. being here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a friend that we go way back with, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, maybe even longer than that. Yeah. Probably about that. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, yeah, tell, tell us like where you're at and what you're doing. right. I know it's a long, like everywhere it's hard to start with people right now because yeah. we've been through so much over the last couple months. Yeah. Like a rebirthing here. Yeah. So Seems it's like, like, where the fuck do you even start when you're talking about it? Seriously. Yeah. This is a show you can cuss on because it's, it's my show. Yeah. God for podcast. <laughs> yeah. No filter. No filter. So you um, own Ash in the Salon, which is in La Jolla, California. We yep. were in San Diego. Yep. And you have a team of how many people? So going into quarantine, we had a staff of 22. Okay. Um, I have the staff or team of six stylists now. Six out of 22 are still yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. So I have a team of 10. Okay. Um, okay. So six left. You have 10 left. Yeah. Got it. Yep. So six stylists, manager, front desk, and myself. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. That is crazy. So... Um, quite the transition. Yeah. So I mean, it's been an interesting, I think we all can agree, right? It's been an interesting few months for this industry and anyone involved. You're putting that so nicely. <laughs> she think it's an interesting, interesting is always the go-to word when you're not quite sure what to say. You're like, that's interesting. I'm like, no, no, you mean that's fucked up. I'm right? like, yeah, no. I mean, God, yeah. I mean, I think round one for most hairdressers was like, okay. Um, was, was like a, um, we drank our way through it. I yeah. think mostly we just kind of try to numbed our way through the days. And yep. then round two was like, oh shit, this is actually happening for a while. Yeah. And now we need to like get our bearings and figure this out. Right. Because that's kind of when it seemed like, oh, this is actually going to change things kind of forever. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe not forever, but definitely for a while. Right. I, mean, I remember going into it thinking it was going to be a week. Um, you know, literally like a week. And that so in cute. itself was big. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I gotta go for a week. Right. But you know, it's, I mean, you just kind of figure it out. Right. But, um, yeah. So I contacted you like round two quarantine thinking, Hey, you know, I need to get my, my staff like excited again and, and myself excited again. Um, and how can I do that and be the best version of myself for my team and, and who is left? And then, you know, get the vibe and culture back into the salon and excitement to be able to hire new and, or not even hire new, but just to get things kind of on a more positive, um, exciting, like stable place. Yeah. Which, um, you know, I think is important for anyone in the industry to know that it's A, it's okay to ask for help and B, when, and to know what you're not good at. Yeah. And to seek that out in others. That's so true. I think that is one of the biggest things people have a hard time doing is asking for help. Yeah. For me, it was never asking for help. It was knowing what I needed help with. Yep. Like a lot of times I knew I needed help. I just didn't even know who to ask yep. or like 
you're like so jumbled. You're like, <laughs> all the hell. Yeah. Well, which is great, but right. And I think when you can get clear about what it is that you want for your business yes. and the vision that you have for that, yep. then you know what to ask for help with. Yep. So exactly. like, I think you have had some recent discoveries in your life and business that have led you to the point where you're like, no, I'm actually really good at X, Y, Z. And I'm not really fond of doing those things. I can yep. do them. Yep. I can do all of it because you've done yep. it all. You mm -hmm. created that salon to be what it is today. But I think in hindsight, now you can look back and be like, when I thought I needed help with something, it was because of this, you know? And so like the transition for the last couple of years that you've been through, what are some of like your takeaways with that? Oh, Do you want to give a little backstory as to what yeah. we're talking about? So sure. Um, so I've been in the industry since I was 15, worked in the hair salon my entire life. I'm 33 now. Um, so I've worked as a receptionist, then went to college, graduated college and just decided to stick with hair. Um, so worked in a salon in La Jolla when I was 18 as an assistant, helped one of the girls I was assisting open a salon, um, which is the salon I now own. She ended up selling. Um, I then ended up managing it for the guy that bought it, ended up buying it from him. Um, only had four chairs, did a full demo, went from four to 11. Now we're 16 chairs. I have a business partner and we went from just kind of boutique and clothes and a few stylists to full commission to part rental, part commission. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now. It's like we do a percentage based rent and a, and a set booth rent. So um, they can build and also transition into set booth rent when they're ready. So for me, it just kind of seemed what worked best for what I was kind of looking for, which was to be able to get assistance in my ch in in the salon, be able to train them from like day one, and then you know be able to offer them a place in the salon without a clientele, which is always the hardest part, right? When right. You're, when you're going to booth rent, especially in an upscale area like you guys are right. in, it's very like niche. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of found like there was when I was, I used to be from Arizona, so the salon I worked at in high school, just as a receptionist, was a huge, like 35 chair, huge salon. Wow. And they were this set up this way, and it worked really well, and I saw people stick there for, you know, six years and, and, and longer, which was like unheard of, you know, for hairstylists, yeah. especially back then. Everyone jumped around all the time. So, um, you know, I just kind of saw where people could tr go their whole career in one place, and that seemed pretty cool to me. So I liked that whole concept and hadn't really seen it work before working there. Um, so I got into teaching and I worked at um, Bellas Academy here in San Diego and taught there for the um, Advanced Academy, just like one week a month for upstyling week. And then met a lot of people through that, taught for a bunch of different lines, started a hair painting company, taught around the nation doing that. Um, yeah, so I've kind of done it all. Yeah. But yeah, so interesting to be where we're at now. Yes. <laughs> so take us back a couple of years ago when you decided that you could use some help in the business. Yeah, so I, think... I, I feel like this story resonates hard for a lot of people that have bigger salons um, because a lot of us that are salon owners started out behind the chair. Mm -hmm. And so the salon owners that I know that have expanded or grew their team as far as like ownership or partners were working behind the chair and running the salon, yeah. which is a lot. Yep. It's a lot. Yep. It's a lot. And I think our biggest mistake is where we start and then it just trans like transforms into this big busy thing. And we're still behind the chair and we're busy and it just kind of gets a little bit out of hand, kind of unorganized and we're not making the most organized business decisions mm -hmm. and our personal and our hair and all that kind of got gets combined and it doesn't really become a business right yeah um, because that's not really where you started it right where where it comes to when you're really busy and you just kind of get overwhelmed so luckily it was a good problem yeah um and if you do run into that problem it's nice it's important i think that you take the time to realize that it's a good problem. Yeah. Right. Because so many of us, we do get, and I realize this in quarantine too, is like you get overwhelmed by being busy and you forget that you're busy. Yeah. Which is what we all strive to be. Totally. Right. And you like so, want to be busy totally. and then you get so busy. You don't like, even know what to oh do with God, yourself. I can't do anything. I need a nanny and I need a housekeeper and yeah. I need an assistant and a business, which, you know, is fantastic. 
But I think it's really important to kind of sit down and really delegate, you know, what is important that you need help in and what's not. Yeah. You know, what are you spending more time on and what where do you want to be spending more time? Right. Um, and I think that's kind of where you come into play. And I think that that's what I, I wish I would have had you, you know, 10 years ago. Mm. To, to I wish me. I would have had me 10 years ago, too. <laughs> But it's hard, you know, it's like we're creative people and, yeah. and um, you know, so much of us just want to to make our team happy and we end up not making any money and, and just driving ourselves into the ground and that's no way to live or be. Um, so it was this fine line for me about having a business, running it like a business and also making money and being able to be behind the chair and have a good team that, right. you know, could come to work and um, drama free and have a cool place to work with an awesome staff and go home. So that was my that was my goal was just to be able to create that space, and um, you know I feel like I I did that which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, you did a lot of big things. Yeah, yeah. What a career you've cool. had so far. Yeah, and only three. You know, so <laughs> that's which, crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, just had a kid, so that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. You like you don't get <laughs> when you don't know what to say. It's interesting little humans you're like what the fuck am I supposed to do with you now you're interesting yeah uh yeah that that's been you know how old is she she's 11 months 11 months yeah that's you're in it you had her and then went to the salon for I think three weeks and then quarantine hit oh gosh so um yeah kind of crazy wild times yeah so pandemic baby business loss of staff loss, loss of, of staff business and yeah then, you know the relaunch of both which i think we all can agree um you know the best part kind of of quarantine and corona is like i think it's going to make our work um speed or pace or um vibe more enjoyable yeah for the long term and i think we'll learn to make that work for us financially in, in whatever aspect that may be for you individually but I think it all made us kind of take a step back and maybe um, financially to get rid of some things or, or get rid of some expenses to be able to make it work. And I don't know about you, but I've totally loved working less hours or less clients in one day. Like, you know, absolutely. I, I don't know. Did you, you always double booked. Always. Like slammed. With a, I've had two stations. Yeah. 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 And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I found myself like never being able to have a relationship with not just my staff, but with my clients because I was be talking through the mirror to them, but there was 10 things going on behind me. And I, to be honest, was more engaged with that than I was what the conversation that was, I was yeah. having in front of me. And that's so bad to admit, but it's oh, true. I fully started to like watch myself pull back and let my assistants take over conversation. Yeah. And I, I do feel like at some point you have to protect your energy. Like if you are managing staff and you do have a busy salon and you are cranking out like it's hard it's it's like knowing when what you need help with right do you get a second assistant or do you just raise your prices and not do as many people like that's why i think everyone has to make their own choices and their own decisions on how they want to run their business but what i've noticed now is everybody's feeling that feeling now yep. of going back when we had our first reopening with a few of my other clients you know we, we went through this whole we're going to time manage and we're going to protect our energy. And we're only going to work these hours. And then after when we reopen, they're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me that. But I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going all back in. Right. Yeah. And within like a couple of weeks, they were so burnt out. Yeah. I was like, the financial part is who didn't need to make money during that time? Obviously. Right. Like, and I'm all about grinding when you need to, mm -hmm. but for the longevity of your business and your well-being, like that's just, I feel like so many people are having to like pull back a little bit because yeah. it's just not, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do it for too long anyways. Yeah. I was trying to think too, you know, like, um, as a salon owner, right, that has people, we might make money off, obviously, business off of the sure. money that others make. Right? Yeah. That's the reality of any business. Um, you have to start to think, okay, well, if, if everyone can only take three instead of six stylists or six clients per day, then obviously my, my profits are going to go down, right? So how can I, who's going to have to who's gonna see the repercussions of this long-term, right? Will it be the clients or will staff make less money or will business make less money? Will this be something where we'll be able to charge more and people will kind of 
understand that, you know, hey, they're only able to take three clients versus six. So yeah, the prices need to equal that out. Yeah. And the clients will just kind of hopefully in time understand that, um, which I hope and I think that that's going to be the case. I do too. Which is, is fantastic because to be honest, I, I think the opposite is a little bit unhealthy and right. how we were operating and how it's always been told to do. It was not successful for well it's not sustainable to have sustainable yeah it's fine when you're in your early 20s you don't have a husband you don't have a kid and you don't have anything else you have to worry about you get it get to work at nine or ten you don't leave till eight or nine right like i think we all did it like you said yes to everything and usually early in your career that's what you have to do but there comes a point where 15 20 years in like you have to like look at your well-being as to like do you want this to be sustainable through your 40s and 50s like Um, and that's how I ended up getting into the coaching was like, I needed something that let me be away from behind the chair, home more home for dinner. Like it was affecting my personal life, my family life, my kids. I wasn't able to go to my, my son's sporting events because I had to work every Saturday. Yeah. And I remember one day my mom was taking my son to the, I dropped him off first thing in the morning and she got to take him to soccer. And I was like, man, I would be nice if I could go to my own kid's soccer game. Yeah. And she was like, don't you make your own schedule? Can't you take Saturdays off? And I was like, last fucking Saturday I worked yeah you know and so that had to shift like I had to work one or two later nights in order to have my whole weekend off but I think when you give and take like that but now more than ever I feel like we have full permission to be able to raise our prices yeah you know don't raise them crazy but enough to like make up that gap a little bit so you can see less guests and have you know more of you back because being able to connect with clients is I think what most people love about our industry too. Yeah. The best. The best. And I think, I don't know about you, but during quarantine, I realized like, that's what I love and I miss a lot. You know, obviously I miss my staff and seeing the girls, but my clients in that conversation is crucial in my life. Just as much as I feel like I am for that, for them, they are for me. Yeah. So it's interesting. I was having a conversation with Lucas Doney. He was one of our past guests on, on the, on the podcast. And he was talking about how sometimes for him, it's, it's a lot of emotional like energy that he takes on being a stylist behind the chair, right? Like your clients share all kinds of stuff with you and you hear stuff in the break room too, from your other, other stylists in the, in the salon even, but like he was, we were talking, cause we share a love of fitness too. He was talking about how fitness is like his meditation so he can release all of that as well. Yeah. Do you have any like rituals or routines you've been able to do to like process that or do you just have such awesome clients that you don't feel that at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. One could dream, right? Right. I mean, I know you're a new mom, so you're probably like, I have no fucking rituals or routines right now. It's like coffee and then wine. And then are you alive still? Cool. That's interesting. <laughs> um, no, I mean, my fiance and I, we always try to, the hard part is adjusting with the kid, right? Yeah. Course, right. Cause she goes to bed early. So you are kind of bound to your house in the evening hours, which is new for me. Um, I like to go, you know, for a walk or to the dog park and whatever things in the evening time. So that's new, but we always just go for a walk, bike ride in the evening time, which nice. tends to be like my turn down. Um, other than that, it's really just kind of like a lot of talk therapy to people that can kind of help me delegate my, um, ability to understand other people Yeah, and how they think. Um, that's been super helpful for me. Good. It's just in a time where. I'm like, find myself really thinking too much about work or clients or coworkers or my business partner or anything um, outside of work. It, it bugs me, right? It takes away from being a mom, it yeah. takes away from being a partner to my fiance, a sibling, I mean, everything. And that started to bother me way more um, as a mom. Yeah. And I don't even think I acknowledged it before really. I was single. It didn't matter. Yeah. I was at home thinking about it. It didn't affect anyone but myself. Mm. So I think that was huge and is huge. I wish I would have been a little bit more aware of these things at a previous age Yeah. to make this space and time in my life before it was happening. Well, usually we don't make a change until right. we start getting really right. uncomfortable and shit starts falling apart. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, this isn't yeah. working. Yeah. This isn't working anymore. Totally. And just like certain things can work for a certain amount of time and then they don't. And it's like people that are willing to make okay, this isn't working anymore. What can I do to change it rather than just crumbling in the demise of whatever, like a lot of people had to go through during quarantine. They had no options. There was no way to like get by. Yeah. And if you don't have those capable, those coping mechanisms to like recognize when shit is falling apart and you actually can do something about it, 
you know, and here you are in the middle of the pandemic reaching out saying, hey, I think I need your help. Yeah. How can we work together? Yeah. Like, so how did you know you were like, how did, how did that even, conversation even come about? Was there something I did or said that like prompted you to reach out? Because as yeah. a newer, newer coach in the game too, like I have been in the industry a long time, but you know, I'm always looking to how I can provide more for people too to like help them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, California salons were closed, you know, for so long. Right. So that kind of, I think brought a lot of California salon owners just in general together on one playing field. Um, which probably opened up my eyes to, to you. Um, but more or less anything, I just felt like I was losing my momentum mm. through quarantine as like a leader. Right. And, um, I think it's so important to in any team environment, especially during something like this is to like connect with your team. And how can you do that when you yourself don't feel good? It's really hard to be a leader when you don't feel like being a leader. Yeah. Right. Like how so can true. I lead others when I don't feel confident in myself? That's a really hard thing to do. Totally. And that's the time when I feel like you probably should reach out for some help. And that's what I did. And it was just really rad to finally find someone I feel like could help me. Right. Understand the industry, understand San Diego. Um, you're older than me. You've done more than me. And know I knew you but not like too well right <laughs> which is always also really nice yeah um all those things cool and I think your message was was uh exactly what is important and people need in this industry as far as hey I'm a creative brain but I understand like this is what I struggled from which was the accountability part which is huge like that was for some reason that word in itself mm -hmm. is so important in this industry yeah I've struggled with it and time management my whole life um, I think a lot of hairstyles and creative brains would agree yes accountability time management um, and just overall like accountability of, of your own self right is so um, lacking yeah. in this industry and I think it's a common place where most people find themselves frustrated right and struggling because a lot of times we do it to ourselves, yep. where you think you can hold yourself accountable. And it's not just with work. Right? No. Like that, that goes into all aspects of your life. Totally. So if nothing else, even work aside, it will also branch out to other things, which I've noticed. Too. Yeah, totally. Other sides of your life. Well, and that's why when I was designing the course that I wanted to put out, I was like struggling with what all to include. Like, like you cover all the things in life or you cover what you really feel has made me be maybe a little bit more successful than the next person. Like, what is it that I did or am doing that creates this, I call it the six figure stylist program, but it, it, for me, it's more of a six figure mindset course Yeah, because it's all about teaching you the fundamentals of taking care of yourself, which is, you know, time management, you know, mm -hmm. accountability, the non-negotiables that I talk about. Um, because if you don't have those pre-decided situations set up, when shit like this comes at you, like the pandemic mm -hmm. or unknown or uncertainty, or you're not clear on where you're going. Like if you don't have that stuff in place and know what you need, mm -hmm. like you're going to be lost in the sauce. Totally. And those are the people you see flailing and not, not quite sure how to pick themselves back up. Like just because we're reopened doesn't mean like all is well in the world again. Right. I know people have been rocked by this. There's what 40 plus salons in San Diego alone. We've heard of closed. Yeah. That's a shit ton. Yeah. Salons you thought would be there forever. And they say, too, in California, 30% of stylists left the industry altogether. That's insane. 30%. 30%. And then you have all the salons that close, too. And then on top of that, you know, I mean, you have the schools are closed or have been closed. So people aren't going to be graduating. You know, there's not going to be a recycle of new stylists for a while. So yeah. this is going to be, you know, a couple years. I think it will take to recoup. Um, so, yeah, I think it's far more of a change this whole corona and COVID thing will have on our industry than we could have ever anticipated. I know. And we're still, we're, it, it will be interesting to find out what will be to come because I feel like we're going into busy season, which is the holidays. Yep. But the holidays look so different. I mean, if you are anywhere near where I live, which is in Pacific Beach, it still looks like party town USA. Like some people just still don't give a fuck. Which for people like us who we've been shut down, I'm like, just wear your goddamn mask so we can all get back to work. Like, yeah. I, I don't care if you think it works or if you don't think it works. Like, I don't really give a shit. Like, right. let's just all play the game so we can all go back to like somewhat of a normal routine. Some normalcy. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah. Um, so what are your goals moving forward? So I know you and I have talked personally about stuff, but um, as a salon owner, you've been in the game a long time. I feel like your mindset has changed on what environment you want to be in. Like, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think I've tried to change that way of looking at things and go more towards like next six months yeah. because coronavirus has kind of thrown that whole like day-to-day kind of thing is where you have to kind of view it like that, right? right? Because everything has changed so drastically. I would have answered that question completely different. Six months now, ago. Six months ago, yeah. honestly. So it's hard because so much is still unknown. Um, I would say, you know, my goal right now is to just kind of keep the staff and team as motivated and into hair as possible and try to incorporate some education and get people like you and other people in the industry that are in San Diego and local excited and around each other as much as possible. And then, um, just try to kind of keep it stable yeah, and not too businessy. That's kind of, I mean, it sounds stupid, but no, it doesn't. I, I get that. I just want to keep it stable right now and everyone feel no, no change. Yeah. yeah. I think the change part has been so hard that I really just want to keep it with my, my team, get back into the swing of things and then, you know, we'll rehire and kind of relaunch. But, um, I want to keep what I have super, super like taken care of. Totally. I really want to make sure that the ones you have there still, still feels super supported, taken care of, excited, stoked to be there, stoked to come to work. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's my calling right now. That's huge. And I mean, I, I didn't create this saying, but it's, what is it easier to take care of the people that are still there that want to be there than to try to like fill new shoes? Like, or to like mourn what you've lost. Right? Yeah. I think like we have to just let that go. Yeah. Unfortunately. Which is hard. That's a big pill to swallow. Yeah, you guys were a thriving revenue making salon and then gone gone yeah it's wild yeah um so i know one of my friends she she shifted the word pivot like how have you had to pivot in 2020 she's like how have you had to reimagine things in 2020 and i'm like i really love that yes first yes. better because totally. pivoting sounds so like what are you gonna do and then like yeah. reimagining is like i think like well, pivoting is for the ones that had to just work from home yeah like you just went from here to there. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, we, that's okay. Uh, we have to do more than pivot. Yeah. Think. Yeah. We had to like recreate, reimagine, mm-hmm. rethink everything. Cause it wasn't 100%. like, let's say, even if you're a personal trainer, you could just teach online. Well, we can't just do hair online. Yeah. There was no happy middle ground. It was like, you either could or you couldn't. And it was yeah. illegal. And then yeah. people were talking shit to each other in the industry during that early few months when we were closed, like to each other. Yeah. knowing that they were stealing each other's clients. I mean, it was so gnarly. I had to yeah. get off those forums because I just couldn't, I was trying to stay informed, but then I also couldn't, I couldn't get involved because yeah. I was getting so upset about everything. Yeah. And and then again, the unknown part of how long it would be. Right. You know, I mean, I just had to like put my phone down. I didn't look at social media for a long time. It was horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think too, the whole being a team is exactly what everyone's telling you not to do right now right is to avoid a lot of people in a big space or any space yeah so it's exactly what we have is what we're kind of being told to avoid so it's pushed our industry and everyone in a group space or any salon environment to be super independent think super independent which is the opposite of what we're trying to kind of build i'm always like when i asked you that question earlier that's a kind of a general interview-ish question you know like where do you see yourself or what's going on but like in reality I've had to just slow down too and stop trying to think of step 500 and just what am I doing today that can help me move forward tomorrow yeah versus the big picture because I'm a big picture person I I want certainty I want to know where I'm going I want to know the plan I want to know all the things totally typical type A like what's (laughs) interesting I mean without that or any bearings like that I feel so off yeah. So that's where quarantine for me was so hard because the unknown was, I mean. I'm sure everyone resonates with what you just said. Yeah. yeah. It was gnarly. Gnarly. It was super gnarly. Well, I'm grateful for it because it gave me a chance to like work on what I've been speaking about for the last couple of years, which was yeah. starting this coaching business. And then it also allowed people to like have time to look around and see, hey, who can help me? Yep. So like there's been a silver lining to a lot of things. And you and I have talked about personal stuff that has silver linings to it too, because 
that's what sometimes bringing a fresh perspective in can do for you is like at our first sit down it was kind of like this is it this is what's going on this is how it has to be and i was like by the end of our meeting it was like well what about this you're like well what about that yeah and and that's what's good about bringing people in that like have no vested interest in the business have no emotional connection to it yep i want it to make sure you're happy but like if i left that lunch and you didn't take my advice or you that wouldn't affect me like you want to talk to people who are going to give you a fresh set of eyes or give you a chance to see things in a different way like Lucas was just, we, I recorded two today. So Lucas today earlier said something, you'll love this. Cause he was like, you know, nothing good comes from your, from being comfortable. Like growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone. Very true. And I agreed, right. Very just true. like that. And he goes, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to expand my comfort zone. So I'm always comfortable. comfortable. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's interesting. I'm like this needs to be, do you guys ever watch the Andy, Andy, whatever, when he does the housewives or whatever. And yes, the, the little, afterwards. when he keeps saying the same word and they have to drink, we're going to put that on this podcast for every time you hear us say the word interesting, you have to take a drink. So, watch, so listen to this on a Sunday when it's yeah. like brunch time or cocktail wine night time. Just for sure. We'll say it again. It. That's interesting. 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 Um, <laughs> So yeah, when he was talking about that, I was like, I've never heard it said that way. Because I'm always like, well, fuck, I like to be comfortable. Why do I always have to keep getting uncomfortable? I don't want to be uncomfortable. That's why I'm glad the mom jeans are back and the high-waisted pants. (laughs) Then I'm more comfortable. Seriously. (laughs) I feel like my life has been a large, uncomfortable zone for the last couple of years. Well, and you've jumped into a lot of unknown stuff, like taking over the salon when you did, not really knowing, like... You, or you, the way you explained it, you didn't really think you knew how to run a business, yet you'd been running the salon for that absentee owner for all those years. Yeah. And when he presented you the offer, you're like, I can't run a salon. And he's like, you've been running the salon. You're like, oh, yeah, I actually don't need you. Yeah. That was an interesting moment. Yeah. He, I mean, he, the whole thing was interesting. I yeah. mean, how random that this guy in Kansas buys a salon in La Jolla and never set foot in it for three years I mean completely just hands off this random thing and um, I ran it totally for him um, you know remotely obviously and he was like I want to sell like okay to who (laughs) certainly not me right I've only been running it for you for three years so you wouldn't want to sell to me because that just never crossed my mind I mean why would it I was 23 years old so when that whole thing happened um you know, I think that's, it had to happen that way for me to be a business owner. It's like jump in balls to the wall or, you know, nothing at all. Yeah. So I had nothing to lose. It was, it was all just going to do it. So yeah. Wild ride. So I I always like to ask, you know, because the way I got into the industry, my mom was very against me going to beauty school. Did you, I know you had a different transition because you were, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. But there's so many myths about like stylists or people in the industry. Like I was talking with my girlfriend about lashes and like, you don't grow up thinking that that's a career. I don't right. think we're told that. Like, that's an option. It's like, no, you're going to college. You're getting a degree. You're going to go get a real job. Yep. Like, what are some of the myths or things? I mean, what is your perspective on that? I mean, do, you, do we still hear that? Or is that just, like, from yeah. our generation? Well, so when I was in high school, I grew up in a pretty, like, well-off area. And there was it was just super competitive, right? What school are you going to go to? Um, what car do you drive? That kind of thing. So it was so competitive as to what college you got into, right? That's when like Facebook was only around if you were in college. Mm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. You only could have Facebook if you had a college um, email address. Oh, I didn't know that. Is yeah. that how it started? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so it was like, it was just this big, um, you know, the question was, was where are you going to college? And so I was working at a hair salon and I was like, well, this seems pretty fun. It's People are all driving like really nice cars yeah. and like kind of weird and fun different. and yeah. like this looks pretty cool. I think I could do this. And actually, one of the girls that worked there, Jessica Anderson, she now owns a salon here in San Diego. So I knew her since I was sixteen, but wow. I was just a receptionist there, and she was a stylist. And we ended up connecting like ten years later, and she ended up working at Ashen. Um, yeah, like years ago. Crazy. But, yeah, crazy small world. But um, so I initially you know I told my parents I think I want to do hair and but I knew that they had wanted me to go to college so I got into SDSU which is what brought me to San Diego um came out here and had done college classes in high school so I had a really easy load of um my freshman year in college so I told my parents I think I wanted to go to hair school in San Diego for my first year and they're like yeah that's fine but you can pay for it 
shit. We'll pay for your okay. four-year degree, yeah. but we're not paying for this. We're not going to yeah. pay for that, too. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So they kind of, it was, they wanted me to work for it, right? They were definitely trying to push me away from doing hair right. in any way, right? Because that just wasn't something that people made money from. It wasn't a career. It wasn't a, a well-looked-upon industry, like, at all. Certainly Especially wasn't net then. Lucrative. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but I think I knew that it could be, and I knew that the potential, obviously, because I was seeing it all around me and working, um, you know, in the salon. So I did. I went to hair school out here with Paul Mitchell, San Diego, um, my freshman year at SDSU. And then initially I was just going to kind of work as an assistant, maybe not do hair forever, but um, just get through college. And then the recession hit, and I graduated state in 2010, and I had a marketing degree, but there was no one paying for marketing and that was before Yelp really so wow there was marketing there was no jobs so I stuck with hair and then a few years after that um ended up buying Ashen and have owned it and been there for 13 years now do you think that any of your college education helped you run the business I do I okay do, definitely I will say yes and I do feel like it gave me some knowledge that I wish hairstylists got in hair school. Mm. I really wish and think that there it would be super beneficial for it to be like a basic business class yes. in hair school. Uh, amen. It's so frustrating that you guys have to spend your time in hair schools to this day doing perms and, you know, like hot oven curl sets. Yeah. In, you know, 2020. But no one teaches you but how to no run a business. no one teaches you how to write a business plan, what an IRA is, you know, what an ROI is, like anything. No one teaches you how to set up anything for your life, how to even do a, a business license or what an S-Corp is. I mean, the most basic things that we spend thousands and thousands of dollars and so much time after going to hair school to just try to figure out. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And usually people do it after years of being in business, yes. not knowing where and their money's going, doing it wrong, time, messing up on their taxes, dollars, yeah. like getting in debt, making huge mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I just remember after I had signed the bill of sale, I sat on Google at the salon that night for like until 4 a.m. Just like, what do I do? Am I, do I have, am I an LLC? Do I, what do I do now? Okay, so I signed this form, I own a business, but now what? Yeah. What am I you know, <laughs> what do I do? So I just Googled it. I mean, it's insane. Luckily, like I, you know, obviously I had some, a little bit more information on how, what to do, but really you don't know. No. Um, and that's what I'm trying to change. That is like my yes. whole mission behind creating what I have. And it's funny because like the first course that I've created is not a business course per se, but, um, I know that is so needed. And I, I know like my goal is to get into beauty schools to like, at least have that be one segment of the class, like where you spend at least a week where, you know, you go in and you teach and train on that just so they have an awareness that that is something that exists because had you not been introduced to it by your parents or you went to college for a little bit or you got into marketing, like you're not going to know. And no. most people don't start off saying, I want to no. own my own business. And if they do, they don't mean I want to run it like a real business. They just want to have their own chair, their own studio. Right. But even then you don't know whether you're coming or going. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that should really kick you in the ass. Yeah. If you're not paying attention. Totally. And then like, you know, the whole, you work for a company or a corporation, right? You have a baby, you get pregnancy leave. leave. Yeah. You're yeah, sick, you yeah. get sick leave. You know, you want to retire, you have a retirement plan. I mean, I broke my back a few years ago and that was a huge wake up call to not work. And I wasn't able to make money. I mean, thank God I had the business and was at that point pulling profit from Ashen. Thank God. But it was a huge wake up call. Thank God it happened to me before quarantine. So I kind of have like a little bit of experience to losing the ability to work. Um, but, you know, I would have just if it was previously, I mean, I would have been screwed. Yeah. So I wish someone would have told me, hey, get disability insurance. Right. Like. I hired a financial advisor and he told me to get life insurance, which would cover if I hurt myself. And that was not true. Um, you know, and then I was guided to disability, you know, after the fact of an injury, but I just wish there was little things like that, that someone would have taught me yeah. in hair school when you're in, when it's the most important time to know that. That's huge. And with it being, I don't know, I don't even know what the percentage of women to men is, but I would say it's probably 70% women in the industry. And yeah. for that to not be something that were even mentioned of yes. like, Hey, if you ever plan to have a family and children, like maybe you should get like, what is disability? You know, 50, 60, hundred bucks a month. If yeah, that's super cheap. Yeah. And if you ever get injured, you just get, it 
pays you money. It's like regular insurance. It's normal insurance if you can't work, right? I'm I mean, 20 years in, I still don't have that. I probably should have that. It's so. those little things. I mean, it, and if I had had it, it would have covered through quarantine. It right. would have covered through my back injury. It would have covered if you're snowboarding and hurt your wrists. You right. know, if you are young and you want to do hair and you want to snowboard, you should probably get really good disability insurance. <laughs> so you I know? know. Like little things like that. I yeah. wish someone would have told me. Um, I think that's a course we need to create. Yeah. You want to put that together? Oh my God. Let's yeah. do it. Yes. All the things you should know yeah. if you're getting do into it. the totally. industry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Page For 1063, sure. you'll find disability. Learn from our mistakes. <laughs> yeah. That's like gold. That should be a talk show. Learn Seriously. from our mistakes. Don't do what we did. No. Do what we did, but we're going to tell you all the ways not yeah. to fuck it up along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Crash course. Yes. So I, I always love to ask too, like, what are, what are some of your, like, the industry is in a totally different place than it is when we got into it. Mm-hmm. What would you say to anybody who's thinking about getting into the industry and has like an inkling that this is something that they want to jump into? Hmm. That's a good question also. I mean, I think the hardest part about this job is just going to hair school. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like there's just a lot of people that, can't make that commitment so that's the one drag for me um i always tell people to try to tell their daughters to do it young yeah i think it's the most incredible job i really do i can't go on enough about it i mean to what i said earlier you know being that i got into college and i have a college degree and all my friends also went to college and i mean i make i made more than them at a much earlier age you know i there's same. I mean, not the financial part of it makes that big of a difference, but on top of it, I, I found myself feeling and being more mature than yeah. them at a younger age simply because I got into it sooner, right? I was talking to adults and, and interacting with adults and having to be relatable to people that I had nothing in common with at a much earlier age. And that does grow, that does. Absolutely. You, know, you have to grow up. Um, so that was super cool and is really cool about our job. I agree. And the most amazing part that I don't think that you could ever know that it's going to happen. Totally. I mean, the relationships I have with my clients are so incredible. I know. So. I think, I think every hairdresser could write an amazing book about lessons learned from their clients, about stories shared. Yeah. I think all names should be changed, but like, right. you know, like some of the shit you find out people are pregnant before they know anybody else. Yeah. You find out about the bad stuff and yeah. the, I mean, all of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's on the flip side for anybody who's been in the game as long as us, who's feeling like maybe they don't want to be behind the chair anymore because I feel like with you saying 30% of people in San- or California have left the industry, like that means this is a prominent feeling that people are having, like where maybe they were feeling burnt out already before, mm-hmm. frustrated that they won't be able to make the money they used to make. Um, what advice would you give somebody who's like struggling and on the fence of thinking that this isn't right for them anymore? Find the right help. Like the most important thing is I think to scale back your expenses and invest in the right help. Yeah. Whether it's a business coach, social media help, um, talk therapy, psychiatrist, I mean, whatever it is, personal therapy, personal therapist, personal trainer, um, get multiple ways of help with your relationship, your personal relationship, your child, get a nanny and get help in the areas to be able to focus on what you need to address, right? If you're right. really stressed out about work and you need to make a big decision on whether or not to let your business go or to move forward or to downsize or to hire more, you have to get that decision made and you need to focus on that. And if you need to get help to do that, you need to get help to do that. Totally. It goes and right back to us I asking for help. Yeah. The, he's the most, like the biggest mistake I've done is just not like, wasting time and not getting help when you know you when needed, needed it. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'm going to bed. and Or, oh, I can't afford it. Right. We really, like, you I can. think we can always afford totally. the things we think yes. we can't. You just downsize in other ways. And um, I cannot stress, like, like, the most important thing is investing in yourself and your yeah. business. And by doing that, I, that's where I need to get help. Because by getting help, you're investing in yourself. And totally. Your business. And it's like people don't realize the benefit that you can have just by talking to someone once a week. Right. Um, like, and that can mean, you know, business coach or like, like I said, anything. Totally. Whatever it is you're struggling with. I agree. I had to go outward of the industry for me to find that support because yeah. I felt like it wasn't around me. Me too. I think I told you about my, um, mastermind, but they're all like, uh, 
what is it? They're in the biotech. They're mm-hmm. all like CEOs, biotech companies. One of them's a good client of mine. And he invited me to their like mastermind group that they meet we they meet once a month and they pay like a huge membership fee to to be in this group. And it was so rad, right? It's like all these super prominent CEOs of really, really, really successful, huge biotech companies meeting and they just kind of shot the shit sometimes. Other times they would talk about business and what was, you know, what they were struggling with and what platforms were working for them that month and what weren't and, you know, everything from HR to the laws that were changing to how the pay structures were. And and then other weeks it would be things with their kids and the school. And um, it was just really cool to see people and at the top of their game collaborate right? collaborate yeah. about things that really weren't that important yeah but they only could collaborate about those things that weren't important to those each to each other right. so it was really awesome and i think the biggest thing i learned was from that client he told me he was like you know i never have felt proud of myself i've never felt good i've always felt like there's something more to be doing there's mm. someone better that's coming there's someone doing more than i am and that's where when i I'm in this group with these guys is the only place I, I feel not alone and that I can get help. I leave the meeting every time feeling super good and inspired. That's so, huge. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. So, yeah. That's how I felt when I walked away from being in this business mastermind that I was into. I was like, my whole world was rocked and there were so many things that I knew I couldn't use or apply, but it was right. like being surrounded by people who just like got it yep. and that I could talk to and all they wanted to do was like share ideas and help you. Yeah. It wasn't like you were bitching sideways to someone who was just going to be like, yeah, fuck that. Like you need like in this day and age, like you need to only surround yourself with people who can like give you a better perspective and yeah. like want to see you win. Well, and then on top of it too, I think like the whole weekly meeting is so important because on top of it, you then meet with that person and you're like, well, did you do it? So you have to do what you say or what you like talk about. Right. So that's also super important. Yes. Especially I think for our industry. Absolutely. Again, back to the accountability part. It's just so crucial. Absolutely. The the first coach that I hired, I was like that Wednesday came every other day. I was like, Oh, it's Wednesday again. I just talked to you yesterday. No, that was last week. Well, but I didn't do it. Oh, well, can I call it? Can we reschedule? No. Yep. Yeah. She was like, on me and she meant well because all she wanted to do was see me succeed yep and some calls i'd show up and i'd be like i don't want to fucking talk to her right now but it just forced me to keep showing up yep and i learned to be like i didn't do what i said i was gonna do and she'd be like that's fine yep how can we make sure to get you through the next week yeah how can we make sure to avoid that issue next week it wasn't a blame game of like well you needed to do it and i can't believe you didn't it was nothing it was she was only there to hold space for me and to see me win well, in reality, that's how life is. Yes. You can't be freaking awesome every day. Yeah, why? I want to be awesome every day. Right. That's the pressure we put on ourselves. Yes. And that's the problem because it creates this mental anxiety. Yeah. Of like this pressure that we need to be so on. And, you know, I think if I've realized anything with age, it's that that's just impossible. Impossible. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Well, just like okay. that guy said to you, someone's yeah. always going to be working harder than me. Someone's always going to be making more money, more successful. Yep. Like I'm yep. never... There's like, if you place that on you of comparison, it'll just ruin any success that you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I've had. So like, I'm a type A, like, how can I be better? How can I grow? And I think it kind of irritates some people in my yeah. life. They're like, can't you just be happy with what you yeah, have? Are you ever content? Are you ne- Yes. Right. And I'm like, I am, but I just, I'm always looking to grow myself and to like yeah. do the next thing. I'm not at the expense of like not having any friends, I guess, but that's why you got to sometimes hire people to be around you and then they become your friends. Like I think when people see you pay, it almost like you pay more attention and and they know you've got some skin in the game. Yeah. You know, it's like, and again, that's also okay. Yes. I I think we all try to just juggle too much. It's impossible. Yeah. It's just gnarly. I mean, the expectations on us in today's society is just crazy. Yeah. So I think that I've gotten really good at being okay with, not showing up to a lot of things. I love that. And, you know, again, it's like, I just have to be really good and on at where I'm at and where I'm on yes. and like letting go of the other stuff. That's huge. So yeah, I, like my hands are much better in a couple pots versus like 15% and, and too many. Oh, I resonate that. That was, there was like a year of no's for me. Like I think Shonda Rhimes wrote the book, a year of yeses. I think she was nearly single and trying to get out in the mean streets, but sometimes like, for me saying no has been the biggest blessing 
because I always want to make everybody happy. Yeah. I always want to say yes to everything, but at what expense? Like you're just sucking your soul out of your life. And you're like, yeah. if you really don't want to be around certain groups or, or around people, like you got to know, like, it's okay to let them down. Like they're not even going to know you're not there anyways. And they'll eventually stop asking. Well, yeah. It's like, are you more comfortable sitting at home? <laughs> on your comfortable couch with your family with your family versus making your being in an uncomfortable situation just to say yes right uh, no right too old for that yeah and 2020 has taught us anything like you got to pick and choose where you're spending your energy because you know i can only wear that mask for so long right exactly <laughs> i'm like this breakout is not working for me stupid mask do i want to wear a mask and potentially break out that's where I'm at. It's like, yes or no. It's not fair. No. Well, I'm excited to see where you uh, where you end up in the next couple of months, but I'm I'm honored to be able to do this work with you. And Stoked. I think yeah. we're going to do some magical things here in the future. Um, I think being able to work with other hairdressers for me has been like a big blessing and it's brought so many cool people in my life. Like yeah. our clients are one thing, but like our industry is like one of a kind. Well, and honestly, it's really cool to see you doing what you're doing right and thank like you having a salon doing the coaching podcast all this like i love all this stuff obviously i mean i listen to podcasts nightly i have always thought about wanting to do one and all these things so it's just really cool to have connected with someone that's doing it and and then also you know branch out and hopefully kind of be able to help some others in this industry and through through this time totally well we will definitely be bringing you a round two with courtney because we're going to be working together for the next couple of months so um we'll have more stuff to share today was just like an intro to the life in coronavirus salon ownership and all the things um so where can people follow you on social media um ashton salon or uh courtney rush hair okay um yeah i don't post a ton but Ashton Salon's doing pretty good. Ashton Salon's good. Yeah. It's good. Check it out. Yes. Okay. If you guys had any fun takeaways from today's episode, please tag us and or share them. We'd love to know what you thought. Yes. And if you um, have any future guests that you'd love to see on the podcast, please let me know. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.